Welcome to the Keep Birth Wild podcast. My name is Indy and through this series I'll be speaking to women who plan to birth their babies at home. Join me to hear home birth mothers sharing their stories of pregnancy, birth and postpartum. Hi everyone, thank you for tuning into today's episode with Joelle. Joelle and her partner Zephyr plan to birth their baby Elio at home. And in this episode, she generously shares her story. Her birth didn't go exactly to plan and did include a transfer to hospital and instrumental delivery. So she shares openly about how she processed the different turns her birth took and had a really positive experience in the end. In this episode, Joelle and I do discuss some bodywork that she received from her doula, Steffi. And I just wanted to briefly delve into what that involves for those who've never heard of it before. So Steffi is a doula. Um, She's also a childbirth educator, massage therapist, and Maya abdominal therapist, and she focuses primarily on preparation for and healing after birth, as well as attending births as a doula. Her work that she discusses with Joelle involves pelvic balancing to assist with optimal baby positioning and and baby's passage through through the pelvis during labour, as well as relieving aches and pains during pregnancy and post-birth. And so Steffi uses a variety of techniques, um, one of which we discuss is internally accessing muscles and ligaments through the vagina to actually relieve tension and create balance in the pelvis. Internal pelvic balancing in particular quite sound, may sound quite confronting, however, it can be profoundly effective and Steffi is a beautiful guide through that process. I actually had an appointment with Steffi during my pregnancy with Alice. Um, and I wasn't comfortable, Steffi's my godmother, and I wasn't comfortable um, actually receiving the internal work from her. However, she was able to coach my partner through some of the techniques that she uses, and yeah, I found really good relief with a combination of um, external pelvic balancing from Steffi and my partner um, doing the um, internal work from, you know, from the privacy and comfort of our own home. And yeah, I had, I had great um, results with that for sciatica during 30 to 35 weeks. I had awful sciatica and hip pain when I was walking. And yeah, I found that yeah, performing those two things regularly made a huge difference. So I highly recommend um, connecting with Steffi or another practitioner in your area. So I'll let Joelle tell her story. Today I'm interviewing Joelle and she's just had, oh well, a few months ago now, her first baby, Elio. Joelle, welcome. And do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and your family? Yeah, so thank you for having me. Uh, um, My family consists of Zephyr, my partner, Elio, our new four and a half month old. And we live in the Yarra Valley. My partner's in winemaking, and we're originally from Western Australia. So was Elio a planned baby? Um, I suppose, yeah, like like I said, when I met Zephyr, I knew instantly that we would have a baby together. It was a really strange feeling. Yeah, after my degree, I was kind of itching to, to start trying for a baby. I needed a little bit of time to find myself after like full-time uni. It was a hectic time in my life. So, yeah, it took about a year and a half and, and then we were, yeah, just revisited the conversation quite a lot. We, it, To be honest, it was really random to be like, all right, let's try now. Like, let's start trying now to like pinpoint 
the exact moment to start trying because we were like yeah definitely and then we're like well with conscious conception you have to actually (laughs) consciously and physically um have that intention so did it take long to conceive Elio? like no it was pretty quick yeah so um that first month of trying I was definitely it was in my head every day pretty much like oh, I wonder if I'm pregnant I wonder if I'm pregnant and it was really hard to get that out of my head in an exciting way I felt like I felt like I was pregnant every day I was like thinking I just felt quite elated every day and everything looked brighter and I had convinced myself I was pregnant but I didn't fall pregnant that first month and I was quite disappointed when I got my period I was like oh I'm not pregnant and I'm like chill out it's the first month just relax (laughs) like take it easy and I did change my mindset a lot around it so we didn't even like the first month we were really like we are I'm very in tune with my cycle and we'll you know having sex around at all the right times around my ovulation consistently but in that second month we're like oh let's kind of just you know relax a little bit we're going away this month but yeah when we were away I was due for my period and yeah I wasn't getting you know like a I got all my similar like pre-menstrual symptoms and it was very similar to what it usually was like to getting my period so I was like I'm definitely getting my period but it was funny my period was due on Christmas day and I hadn't got it yet and it was Christmas Eve and I'm like I better just buy a pregnancy test because Christmas day is full of festivities and drinking and everything and I'm like, I better just try um just do a pregnancy test in the morning just to know for sure and I woke up at 6 30 that morning and I was so sure it was going to say negative and it was positive and I was blown away like I was really surprised that's such an exciting Christmas present as well yeah <laughs> how was it did you tell anyone or how did yeah. you keep a handle on the excitement um, we told everyone <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because I was always wanting to share the news anyway um, with what felt right and I'd never had a time limit uh, like a, I never wanted to hold back on telling people just because of the you know the um, the fear of losing a baby in that first trimester um, that's the belief that I have around just honoring the soul that's growing inside my womb and but I thought what a we both agreed like what a beautiful like kind of present to share with all his family that were around Mm. um on the day and I felt like I was in another world all day like my mind it was really exciting but as I said it was still really surprising and quite a shock and I felt like I was on another planet all day, just like, whoa. <laughs> but yeah, yeah I, I did actually um, FaceTime my mum and sister. How was the first, did you have any morning sickness or how was the first sort yeah. of couple of months of pregnancy? Around New Year's, I think it was the day after or a couple of days after New Year's, I caught this really bad flu. 
So I had a really bad flu actually and it was awful. I hadn't had a flu like that in probably like five years or something, which was really mm. strange and I think because, yeah, growing a baby, your immunity's um, compromised. So I think I just caught whatever was around and I thought it was just the flu, but from the flu, the kind of nausea extended. I had all of those kind of dehydrated, extremely fatigued, um, yeah, nausea for just around 12 weeks. It kind of dissipated, but it felt like forever in that time. Mm. And it was the middle of summer and it was just really horrible. I'd never thought I'd wish summer away, but that summer I just didn't want to be in the hot weather at all. Mm. And I couldn't eat like anything that I would usually like to eat. I wasn't even getting pleasure of food, which is a big thing for me. You didn't want to hang out with anybody. <laughs> I just literally, I didn't even have the the brain capacity to like read books or mm. I could just watch kind of things on TV and movies and Netflix. So it was like a lot of women must catch lots of bugs mm. when our immune system's quite low from the baby, like just taking everything. Yeah, it's amazing how fast it happens. I mean, they're so, you know, it's not even like it's just the tiniest little thing inside you and you, all of a sudden you how tired it. you are. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, a lot of it is to do with um, the placenta being formed, which takes mm. everything from our bodies. Crazy. It was cool reading about it at the time, actually, and going, oh, that's why I feel so crap, and mm. having, like, that information to go, oh, because I'm like, what's wrong with me? It's just a little cell at the moment. So before you fell pregnant... Yeah, at what point did you decide that you wanted to have a home birth? Did you already have ideas about that well before you got mm. pregnant or was it something that came to you later? Um, definitely always knew I wanted a home birth. My mum had a like, home birth with her first child. She's got four mm. of us. She had hospital births after that, but I don't know, I always knew, she always talked to me about her home birth and or she loved giving birth like it was always a very positive um, example in my life through my mother of birth and how much she loved it and always talked very openly and positive about her experiences yeah I don't know I think when I did my doula training and started that it really solidified that I wanted to definitely there was it was a non-negotiable like home birth was non-negotiable for me Obviously, I, I just moved to the Yarra Valley and I didn't really know my options at that time. Um, and I was a little bit worried. But because it happened so quickly, I was like, oh, I really hope I've got the home birth options where I am. Because I knew it was quite far out of Melbourne. And like in between Christmas and New Year, I think I started researching straight away like where I can home birth and everything. And you'd fall right into the busy kind of period around yeah. sort of August, September as well, I know there. So I lots did of babies research um, and found the Yarra Valley midwives. I was just really grateful that I felt like they were a good fit for me. And I suppose for Zephyr, um, <laughs> it was funny because we had a conversation 
I don't know if it was in the later stage of my pregnancy or like in the postpartum, but I was like, did I ever ask you if it was okay, like about the home birth or what he wanted? Because he never said not like, oh no, I'm not going to do that. But I never, <laughs> I, I wanted it that badly and I just went to organize it and everything and he never had a chat with me. And then that's when I asked him the question, like, were you okay with that? <laughs> and he said, he was like, I didn't even think about it either. He just thought that was the way that we were mm. doing it. I think he just thought it was a discussion that we never needed to have. And having done your doula training, were you wanting to hire a doula as well? or? Yeah, um, it was another definite. And like, I had this question if you're a doula can't you doula yourself and I was like (laughs) no no like the whole reason the whole the big intention in birth is to like get out of your head and into your body and if you are trying to doula yourself then you're constantly in your head yeah the the best way to have all of that support is um, having a having a doula present with you so maybe do you want to tell me a little bit more about kind of what the rest of your um, antenatal care looked like and maybe any preparation that you did for the birth, any classes or mm. books that you read or how you kind of got yourself in the mindset um, prior to labour starting? Yeah, it was quite a big process. I was trying to be quick. The antenatal care was amazing. It was definitely another reason why... I wanted to do home birthing because you get so much one-on-one care with the same care provider and you just I built such an amazing relationship with Robbie, my midwife, and you know Zephyr came along to the appointments, it was very thorough, like they were two hour appointments but they went could go for longer, like I think we'd spend two to three hours sometimes and yeah, I just felt like it was really well looked after and they were quite often and I always really looked forward to every appointment. I was like, oh, I get really excited and just especially when you started monitoring like the baby with the Doppler and could hear the heart rate and yeah, it was just really beautiful, beautiful care. I wouldn't, I really wouldn't have it any other way. And in terms of preparation, I learnt a lot through my doula training as a doula. So I kind of just in, reinforced that onto myself. Um, as well, I decided to I pick my, um, my, my own doula quite early on. And we did, she would hold, Steffi would hold um, week, monthly birth circles which pregnant women and like new mothers would attend and just the knowledge and wisdom wisdom among each other and it was a really beautiful space that she facilitated to be held and nurtured and supported and yeah that was really that was just irreplaceable that kind of uh, preparation and part of my pregnancy I went every month from like four months um, later on, Steffi organised a little kind of birth workshop, which was like a whole day, and partners were invited. So Zephyr came along, and we did a really beautiful 
I think it really focused more on the emotional side and focused on as part like with your partner to, for each other to connect and be able to support and find ways to communicate really well before the birth and it was very different from any other kind of birth um, workshops that were out there and it was really great it was I was actually 38 weeks by the time I went to that which was probably the last kind of thing like that that I allowed myself to do because I wanted to have a lot of inward time from then on before the baby came but yes I worked on a lot of fears that came up I had to I just wanted to make sure I worked through all the fears all the kind of stuff that was surfacing and not repress anything because I always I knew it would come up in my birth if I didn't face and confront everything I listened to lots of podcasts and talked to lots of the doula community and other women and yeah all of that in combination was amazing so what were some signs of labor starting like how did things begin did you know or Mm. I had uh, leading up for quite a while I had a lot of like period pain, crampy feelings, maybe um, two to three weeks. And um, yeah, I it was the Tuesday before I actually had like a beautiful shiatsu session with Rowena. Uh, and yeah, that was just to really support my body and get things kind of, yeah, ready. How many weeks were you then? I was... 39 and a couple of days on that Tuesday and then on Friday morning I actually lost my mucus plug yeah and you know I'd had a bit more crampy feelings and I was like wow you know it's hard to know whether it's gonna that labor will kick in in a couple of hours or if it will take days or another week or so so it's still like the anticipation is like, I don't know what's happening next, but things were definitely starting. So that was on the Friday and I went to to sleep that night just going, you know, I need to have a really good restful sleep and um, the cramps kind of intensified on that Friday night and I woke up to a really loud thud noise early Saturday morning. It was probably about... 5.30 in the morning and my waters had broken. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. so that's, I mm. knew things were <laughs> definitely happening. Yeah, and did you start getting contractions shortly after that or? Um, I suppose a couple of hours later a regular pattern definitely started happening. So yeah, I went back to sleep after my waters broke. I was like, oh I know it's good to just be in denial and Mm. get as much rest as possible and yeah the 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 first signs of like early labor woke me up a couple of hours later and how did things play out sort of for the rest of that Saturday (coughs) yeah it was a really beautiful day actually Uh, we just woke up but um when those early surges were coming on and it's really exciting like it was because it was just the end of winter spring was nearly here and it was coming out of the 
felt like there were some warmer days and it was a really sunny day and we just I just I always knew my early labour would kind of drag on a little bit at the beginning and it was it was all day just really consistent mild like easy easy to manage with like breath and zoning in and I was quite mobile and just getting up and getting on with the day but we stayed at home and had breakfast and played music and um, had some visitors from the midwife and my family was just coming to visit anyway and I just said yeah come over for a little bit and then my doula came over Steffi for a bit and did some body work yeah and then we decided to have another rest in the afternoon and I laid down to have a rest Hmm. Yeah. Were you able to sleep at all or were you just I think I did. I did kind of have a pretty good rest for a little while and and then I was woken up with things intensifying. It got pretty intense. Yeah. I think, yes, um, being still, things kind of really, you can feel everything and I did, I was woken up or just kind of like, whoa, things, I think maybe a couple of hours of rest. Mm. Yeah. And did you have the birth pool already set up or were you using any of those things yet? Um, what was happening? Yeah, we did have a test run of our birth pool. I, well, I did. <laughs> we don't actually have like have a bath in our house, so I was having some baths in the birth mm. pool leading up to the day and it was already like semi-inflated. We were in bed getting through the intensity and... Steph was rubbing my back and yeah we had like a really beautiful moment just reflecting on things and I had my oxytocin was through the roof at that stage so I was really loved up and feeling pretty incredible mm. at that stage and then yeah when Robbie had come like we'd caught her up and I think it was around nine o'clock she came over and Zephyr maybe it was around ten when he'd got the pool together like pumped it up properly and started filling it up and then I then I hopped in oh so they came that night Mm, Robbie did she asked me if I I wanted her there and I felt like yeah I I felt like it intensified that much and because my early labor had been all day I thought oh you know things could happen quite soon Mm And I think I just needed, I just wanted to feel, like, held by everybody. I felt like it was getting that intense. I just wanted everyone there so I didn't have to kind of have that at the back of my mind through the real active labour. How did things play out from there, kind of? I know it was quite a long long labour, so maybe just, um, yeah, yeah, talk us through how things sort of progressed Um, from there. Yeah, so jumped in the pool... And things, it was full on. Like I was, I definitely had, I wasn't in my mind anymore. (laughs) I was feeling everything in my body and it got really primal. Really just a beautiful, like blissful, intense feeling. And I, you know, it does get blurry in the active labour stage because you are, you, I was able to completely get out of my head. So that went, that played on for quite a while in the pool and because the water was really hot and Zephyr was in the pool with me and Steffi was supporting me from outside the pool like with touch and helping me with the cold flannel and she started 
you know, a big part of why I wanted Steffi there is because she does a lot of sacred birth work and I really loved her drumming and her singing. Yeah, it was a good, good five or six hours I was in the pool. Things were still really the same intensity or even more like peaking at times and how um, was your energy levels going and how were you kind of feeling emotionally as it yeah as it started to go on a bit or were you just not kind of aware of time yeah not too much aware of time and I didn't feel like it was taking a long time I felt really in the moment all the time I just felt everything was doing its thing the way it should be and I never thought I need this needs to hurry up or never felt like never felt like I was out of I felt out of control in the fact that I couldn't I I wasn't in my head at all and I couldn't control that feeling it was Hmm. it was I was completely in my body and but I didn't feel out of control in the way that the pain got a hold of me and I couldn't cope or um, emotionally I was over, too overwhelmed I just felt really strong and stable and powerful like I'd harness something really something I never felt ever mm. and, and I guess that's a good thing about having you know surrounding knowing what support you're going to need and mm-hmm. surrounding yourself with that you know all those people are kind of yeah you just have one job to do and yeah this you don't need to worry about all those things as well yeah, it's definitely it a big big part of choosing the right care I was receiving and I put a lot of time and effort into organizing and and playing out in my head what I really wanted in my birth and yeah it's right because they were all there I really could just focus on my job and there was nothing else that I was concerned about at that stage I don't know if it was because of the hormones but I do I look back and I think that it was amazing experience that time and the pool was so amazing that the heat on my body just it does it really does take away a lot of the that pain or uncomforts and yeah the shifting in your body like I could really feel like I had most of my pain in my back and I could really feel like all my bones shifting (laughs) it Mm. was a crazy sensation but it was just I used my three things are breath sound and movement and I used all of those three things just intuitively what my body needed so that kind of played out into the next day so into yeah. the Sunday and um, yeah yeah what happened on the, the Sunday night yeah it was about I jumped out of the pool um about 3am like the time's probably not all right but it felt like around then and everyone was in my team were kind of having naps and it was just me and Zephyr left mm-hmm. uh, in the room and I kind of thought, where is everyone? <laughs> but then I was like, needed to. I needed a break from the pool, and was getting pretty tired. Like the the tight the exhaustion had started hitting me, and I was like, I just want to sleep. I really felt that I just want to sleep, but it was still really intense. So I got out of the pool and propped up against the couch and leaning on the couch on the floor like child's pose, and. That was like kind of the only position I could be in when I was out of the pool on land. I just needed my legs spread in child's pose and then leaning up against pillows or or the couch or whatever. And 
I needed someone attending to my back all the time because it was so, yeah, painful during every contraction. So, so was he a little bit posterior or just no? I probably never said that. Everything was pretty good, really. I just think even in, during my period, I I've had like extreme dysmenorrhea, like chronic period pain. And I'd always get that kind of pain in my back. So I don't know yeah. if that was a little bit related. But yeah, it was just, that's where I felt everything. It was crazy. I don't know if it was just my bones shifting a lot and mm. my sacrum. And yeah, but that was the relief. Hip squeezes and pressure points there and rubbing. And Did you have any internal work from Steffi during the labour? Or was that just sort of... That was a bit later on in my labour. Yeah, okay. I had it before in my pregnancy at the 37 weeks or something. Um, but yeah, when I did manage to get rest in between contractions for quite a while until the sun just started coming up, yeah, I did feel like, oh, it's a new day, all this energy kind of come back. I must have gotten enough rest in between, even though it didn't feel like I was getting a wink of anything. It felt really blurry and crazy, really being in and out of surges and having a break and then getting woken up to this intensity. Mm. It was really strange feeling. Mm. But yeah, the um, the surges were still really strong and I did want to, ch- I, I wanted to know like how far along I was by that stage. I was like, wow, it's been all night and it was in my head a little bit. I'd like to know how far along I am. So you hadn't had any checks up until mm. that point? No, no checks. Just felt really confident about how things were going and everything was progressing really well in my body and I could feel everything was okay. And So I did feel inside myself and did my own check and I didn't know what I was feeling for. I've <laughs> never done, I've never felt my cervix before in the past with my fingers and I tried in my pregnancy but the cervix is really far away and yeah so I did I was just describing what I was feeling to Robbie and Steffi and they were like oh um that's your baby's head and because I was like there's something squishy <laughs> <laughs> well their heads are so squishy and I, thought, I just I don't know it was really hard to comprehend what was going on and I have heard after that it's really hard to imagine like that there's a baby when you're going through all the active labor and everything that there's mm-hmm. a baby there and that you're going to have a baby in your arms at the end of it it's like you're so focused on getting through that all of that mm-hmm. that it's hard to kind of compartmentalize like all of it yeah and it's not always I mean for me at least my whole labor I wasn't even I didn't feel like what I was trying to do was push a baby out I felt mm. like I was just getting in through. the moment getting yeah. through the contractions and then yeah. you know at the end like oh, oh that's right, baby. That's Great. right. <laughs> just, yeah, yeah I had moments of that so that was the first moment where I, oh my god yeah it's his head like whoa <laughs> like my mind just was like blown and yeah I could feel like a little rim around the edges and so we confirmed that I was about nine centimeters dilated which I was quite I didn't think I'd be nine centimetres. I was like, I'm obviously six or seven or something, I don't know, a bit, bit less. 
okay, it's going to happen soon then, like in my mind. Mm. So I just kept going. Things just got a bit weird from then. I think it felt like my transition probably where all of a sudden I felt like I needed to poo and like it's real bearing down really like I told you I already had a lot of back pain but it felt like the most heavy big pressure in my lower back and bowels and everything and I was like god yeah and I was sitting on the toilet thinking well I'm going to try poo if the ba- if it's the baby then at least I'm on the toilet but it felt stuck like there was this big stuck energy and feeling throughout my whole body yeah it just nothing it just felt like everything had stalled and I kept pushing that thought out of my mind going oh just keep trying to poo and sit in this position and and Steffi even checked like all my muscles and stuff and she said I wasn't like tense or holding on to anything and yeah it just kind of stayed like that for quite a while which can be normal in transition, I know. Like, it was really hard to actually... This is when I kind of started getting a bit in my head. Mm. It was hard to... Because my contractions had kind of stalled a bit as well and the length between them was a bit longer. And I guess in that way, yeah. you know, having that, you know, education and, yeah, having such a really good understanding of what's going on mm. maybe can work against you a little bit once yeah. you get to that point and you start analyzing yeah what it means and well it was a a little bit of a challenge for me throughout all my stages like even in pregnancy Robbie would say to me be the pregnant woman you're not the professional like you're not and it was good it was good to have that to be informed and to ask heaps of questions and to know a bit more but then it was like okay I'm the receiving person I have to really like surrender and enjoy and Hmm. not just enjoy but just receive completely yeah Yeah. (laughs) which I could tap into a lot but yeah it did come up come about in my birth at this stage Uh, I was really fine until this point but yeah I just something didn't feel right and yeah it was hard to yeah I would have my moments of being in my head a bit and then going no just let it go, keep going, that's all I can do, and then getting into a little flow again. But, yeah, Steffi did do the internal work after Robbie actually checked me again because it had been a few hours and I asked her just to make sure what I felt was correct and to, to double-check. And I was 10 centimetres when Robbie checked me. Yeah, right. So that was, again, like, whoa, <laughs> I'm 10 centimetres. I'm like, I shouldn't I be... Shouldn't like the baby crowning now and yeah it was a bit of a strange feeling but Steffi did a bit of internal work just to check that his she could help in any way to get him in any better position or to feel if there was anything as a barrier or Robbie did say he was a bit asynclitic yeah but Robbie I mean Steffi couldn't feel anything other than that a little bit and seemed like he was moving down quite well so I think I got back in the pool for a little bit after this but the pool had deflated a little (laughs) bit and like I was just mentioning to Indy that we only had a pump from the car 
to inflate the pool and we didn't really think that the labour could go on for this long and didn't think, oh, how are we going to re-pump the pool up <laughs> if the water was in there? So, yeah, everything felt really deflated. Like, I felt deflated. <laughs> the pool was, yeah, not great. And I was just like, what's happening? And I had a bit of a, yeah, a bit of a negative, yeah, deflated moment. And, like, my family were hassling Zephyr, asking him if everything was okay and were a bit worried because obviously it had been a little while and... Yeah, so everybody everything. Kind of knew you were in labour. Yeah, everyone. Because my mum, my, my, my sister and my brother came over when the early labour started, so they did okay. know. And I did have a group message just telling everyone what was going on in the early stages that we'd keep them updated. I ended up getting out the pool and Lisa, my other midwife, suggested that I just try and start pushing the baby down and see how that works because mm-hmm. I'd been 10 centimeters for a few hours and I still hadn't my con- my surges had still lessened in intensity and were still further apart mm. so things hadn't ramped up again um, I didn't feel right at first to do that but I knew I needed to do something so I was happy to give it a try and yeah, I took a good doing lots of. I was doing lots of spinning baby stuff and rebozo work even before I got in the pool. And then through the pushing, like we're doing all different techniques and stuff to help with gravity. And was that in the water or out, out the water? I jumped out. Yeah. I was, yeah, yeah, I wasn't in a good space in that pool. <laughs> But yeah, I was um, like pulling on the rebozo from the door and pulling down and really bearing down and using um, sound to you uh, help with the to push him out and stuff or push him down. And how did it how did it feel to push without having the urge? The urge, I guess. Yeah, it was very it was very strange. Was it painful? No, I didn't feel any pain. I wasn't in any pain. And because my contractions had lessened, I, they were easy. Mm. Like it felt like everything got quite easy. I, yeah, surprisingly, wasn't exhausted. I just had all this, had all this energy. Like I was so determined. I was like, I'm not gonna give up, and I didn't feel like I was near giving up. And I was just perplexed more about how many centimeters dilated I was and. Uh, everything was just had gone in a really good progression like I know it was long but there wasn't any complications Mm -hmm. and then just this stalling of the labor and then the urge to push just really threw me out so I was yeah doing everything anyone anyone any anyone any of my team suggested um anything I was just yes I'll try it yes I'll do that yeah I was just up for anything and it felt good that I was you know, I knew I was doing my best. I knew I was doing my absolute best. And, yeah, it wasn't painful. It just felt very strange. It felt weird to... I felt like a disconnect. Like I couldn't control. And it felt... Yeah, I felt um, there was a bit of... Like, I felt inadequate. Like, this 
feeling like I couldn't push him out and it was frustrating. Mm. It was really a really hard time. Yeah, it's interesting because I imagine, especially in hospitals, I mean, a lot of people have to push with that, mm. having the urge. Like, it's probably quite a common thing, yeah. but it's... Yeah, it must be... Like, did you feel you knew that you were doing it right or was... Yeah, because I had... I'd watched lots of birth videos and I had watched... Um, my sister-in-law give birth in hospital a few months prior in that coach pushing I always felt really like oh I didn't ever look right or sound right and it did feel like that as well like wasn't like I was just being coached I was like even coaching myself but without the urge myself it was that disconnect like I was well, it felt like it wasn't a part of me or I couldn't control anything, even I wanted it so badly, I wanted his head to crown so badly and I was visualising and just really letting go every push and just, yeah, I was making really primal sounds and roars and it just felt like I was stuck, there was just this real consistent stuck feeling just stayed throughout. His head did move down a bit because I was watching in the mirror and every time I was pushing in a contraction, like I could feel like a little bit, but it just didn't feel like enough. It never mm. felt enough. Yeah. Yeah, it was strange. Mm. And, and yeah, I was, I did my, the thought would come into my head every now and then like, am I doing enough? Like, am I pushing properly? Am I, is there something else that I don't know about? And sometimes Lisa would say, just do it like how you did it again. That was amazing. And I was like, I don't even remember how I did it. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't even remember how I was doing it then. Yeah. So it was tricky because it was, yeah, I had to be in my head. Mm. It wasn't just happening. Did you kind of have the thought that you might need extra help or was that something that was suggested to you? <laughs> yeah, the funny thing is I never thought that far ahead, even though it wasn't that far ahead. I think because I was so determined, I just assumed that that we'd figure it out, like I'd figure it out, it would happen eventually. Mm. And I just didn't feel like my exhaustion hadn't got the, like I didn't, I wasn't exhausted and that hadn't got the better of me. So I'm like, I can keep going for as long as I can. But yeah, the um, Lisa suggested assistance. It really shook me. I was like, whoa like what and I, it really pissed me off at first because I was like why I don't need assistance <laughs> I was so like yeah not in that frame of mind at all I was I'm fully dilated I can see his head I can feel his head I don't need a, like I don't need to go to hospital like, I don't need a transfer what the hell <laughs> but yeah I turned around because Zephyr was behind me at the couch supporting me while I was pushing and in that particular moment and he had a bit of a breakdown moment like I saw the emotion in his face and he had teary eyes and I was like whoa it kind of just shook me out of this real determined driven energy of like I'm never giving up and thought well maybe I really need to think this through and he's really affected and for Zephyr to be affected um, meant a lot to me because meant that I really needed to listen because he doesn't usually 
He just said, I don't know if you can keep going on like this, Joel. Like, I can't imagine another 12 hours of this because he knew my, he knew my, um, my determination. And mm. I suppose my resilience and everything. I know that's part of my personality, but looking back, I was just saying to Zephyr the other day, I didn't know I could ever manage that much resilience and determination it was incredible but I needed to sit back and think it through uh, after Lisa kind of talked through a bit of my options and her concerns that you know that it's not an emergency situation at the moment and just what it would be like if it turned to Mm. an emergency and how different it would be with transfer instead of just surrendering to it now and getting the assistance I needed early where I, where I could communicate and be a big part of the process and for it still to be a beautiful experience. And and had they been monitoring Elio's heart rate through the labour? Yeah. And he yeah. Was, how was he doing? He was just perfect the whole time. And I think that's what gave us this whole flexibility doing everything we can and me doing my best and having so much determination it was there was never any concern about him or me yeah well they were a bit more concerned about me actually because he'd been in that position so far down and I had been 10 centimeters dilated for such a long time they were more concerned about my body and how it would cope for much longer and what Mm -hmm. the impact would be after birth on my body because yeah. um, his heart rate was just perfect every time they checked and they were checking like as often as they needed to and at this stage with the pushing in between every contraction they were checking Did you do that processing and kind of come to terms with it in the moment as you you know, then went on to transfer or was it kind of you know something that you mm. justified at the time and then had to process mm. later? I really had to Um, come to terms with it as much as I could before I called the ambulance and then before I jumped in the ambulance and then (laughs) before I got into the hospital I was just continually doing it because I I really didn't want to have a traumatic experience and I was scared to go to hospital I don't trust like I have a I had a real problem with trusting with consent and my own bodily autonomy and all of those things that what can happen at hospital and I know a cascade of interventions can happen and I was just fearful of what would happen but Robbie soon reminded me like of the training that I'd done and that I don't have to do anything I don't want to do and all like the empowerment just came flooding back to me and I'm like oh, I know what to do I know to use my voice and yeah I don't have to do anything I don't want to do and this was an empowering way to transfer being a bit prepared before I got there and I did realise at that point I do need assistance like it had been a good four and a half hours trying to push at home with not much progress I did bring him down a little bit and I later found out you know it was a little bit that little bit made such a difference on the outcome of my birth Um, once you got to the hospital um, did they check you and then what options did they present to you once you got there or was yeah. it sort of Robbie and Lisa still mm. leading? Yeah, well, Lisa came with me in the ambulance. Um, I could have gone in the car there. Like, it was an emergency, but I did. I knew I'd more, I was more comfortable in an ambulance, so I still 
opted for that and Lisa came with me in the ambulance and we just ran through the options that she thought would be presented. Um, we, you know, it was probably going on the syntocin on drip with the fake hormone to see if they could get my labour progressing or it would be the ventrus, the vacuum, to help get his head out. And I went with the ventrus because I didn't know what the hormone would do and it would just take longer and more of my energy and it might not go go the way I wanted it to. And sometimes, most of the time, baby's heart rate can be affected. Yeah. And then that can lead to emergency C-section. Yeah. So I did want to go straight to the ventrus, um, which I knew would happen quicker. Yeah, I know that's what you, the option that you end up going with. Were you? Did you have need to have an episiotomy to have that? Not the ventrus. So I got to hospital, and there was a shift change. So I, it was actually really nice when I got there. There wasn't many people around. I managed to kind of get comfortable in the space and prepare myself for what was to come and they wanted to put me on the um the monitor like to strap me down and I didn't want that because we'd just been using the hand doppler the whole time and it was great and Mm. I was you know had more flexibility and be able to move if I needed to and they were okay with that and yeah the doctor on shift came in and we met and she yeah she's like let's check like where your baby's at and I was like yeah no worries and she checked and she was like your baby's head is just here and I'm like yeah we know <laughs> like we it's been a while that we've done that but nothing's <laughs> happened and she wanted to just see how it was looking with me trying to push with the next contraction so I was happy to do that and I was, yeah, once again, pushing through in the ambulance, I did, I just had a break because Lisa said, look, save your energy. Mm. And I didn't want to have the baby in the ambulance, but I just was wanting to push him down as far as I could. Yeah. But yeah, the, the doctor watched me do that and she's like, yeah, he really is stuck, isn't he? <laughs> and then we went straight to the ventrus and we didn't need episiotomy for that. Um, but the ventrus didn't work unfortunately she tried a couple of times and it just wouldn't budge which was unfortunate because the next thing um, they suggested was the forceps and I didn't really talk through the forceps much because I just kind of I think I thought the, the ventures would work and the forceps didn't really seem very <laughs> exciting for me yeah, it was a bit scary I was pretty scared at the thought of that happening and but it was happening so quickly and I knew I just needed to push through this last bit and I would meet my baby. So you're sort of starting to focus more on the on the end and um, getting to the end of it now? I was trying to but it was really hard to push past that fear because I knew with they, she said I have to cut an episiotomy and I was like that was one thing I really didn't want was an episiotomy. And she, the doctor said, I've never, I've never done this without one, but I'll try. If I need to cut, I'll just have to do it. And I consented to that. After talking with Steffi a little bit, because I had all my team around me, <laughs> like from home, they all came with me and they were all around me. And 
which was really amazing. I couldn't have done it without them. The whole thing I couldn't have done with my birth team. Like they were just, yeah, it's irreplaceable having that. Yeah, Steffi explained like it's really dangerous obviously to tear without without having an episiotomy to tear once they're pulling like the baby out with the forceps and it really did make sense so I was like okay yeah I'm happy with that and yeah so she was using the forceps and she's yeah she said I need to and I was like yep yep um (laughs) and I remember just staring Zephyr in the eyes because I was so scared of the piece that was the main thing I was so scared of and they did give me a local anaesthetic actually before they went inside with the forceps. Um, Were you that really hurt. To feel it or? I felt the needle, but then I couldn't yeah. feel anything after that okay. on the outside. Yeah. So that really hurt, the needle really hurt, and yeah, so and I was just you're still having contractions as well. Yeah, I was having contractions, but I think for like every seven or ten minutes, they were pretty okay. far apart, which had been what they were like for the last you know, whatever, six hours or something. It sounds like it's been, like, over 48 hours or, or close to that. Yeah, I out. think it was um, about 40 or 42 hours or something, 43 by the time I met him. That was including the early labour. Yeah, so I was just fixated on Zephyr's eyes to get through that fear that I was feeling. And then... The forceps, it was a really strange feeling because I couldn't feel the outside. I could feel Elio being pulled out of my womb. It wasn't painful. It was just a really weird, unnatural feeling. (laughs) But because I couldn't feel from the outside, which is good because that episiotomy would have been um, traumatic. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I could feel them cutting. So, yeah, I've reached down and felt his head come out. And it just, all my fear just melted away. And that's when that moment really came to me. Like, oh, I'm going to make my baby soon. Wow. Oh, Mm. it's happening. Like, and all the excitement and my oxytocin, I think, just started flooding back in. It was a really beautiful moment. And it wasn't long after. Yeah, I think it was through maybe two contractions. The first part a little bit. And then, yeah, um, the next contraction he was kind of like not fully out by the end and I was like, get him out. Was it the doctor who was catching him? Yeah, oh, I can't. well what happened was I was feeling his head come out and then I like grabbed under his shoulders with everyone else. Was I think the doctor and maybe the midwife were supporting him as well because I was probably very weak and yeah. kind of hard to lift him but yeah. I did have my hands on him all the way up kind of thing. Mm. I just remember seeing his face, like, with my hands under his, Mm -hmm. like, wow, like, I was blown away. Did you know that he was a boy? Yeah, we knew he was a boy. He was, like, breathing and lively and, yeah, it was an incredible moment. So I just um, lifted him up to my chest. Yeah, and I was Mm. like, oh, my God, it's like, he's here. And I got through it, you know, I got through it all. Yeah. What were you feeling at that time? It's really hard to remember. I was so, I think everything hit me at once. Like I was so resilient and had so much 
drive and in that moment I felt like everything hit me like oh my god a shell of a human kind of thing but with all of the amazing hormones like I was the oxytocin was incredible and I felt so proud and just looking at Zephyr and sharing that moment together of meeting our son for the first time and but yeah it was really blurry like looking back I was pretty out of it how yeah. was the placenta delivery yeah so that took a little while <laughs> yeah it was really nice the the staff really let us have our privacy because they knew I wanted a natural third stage and I didn't have a bleed or anything and they stitched me up straight away so they just left us to have like our moment golden hour and and that golden hour felt like it was 10 minutes to be honest compared to the whole especially how long everything was because all of a sudden I was encouraged to start you know birthing my placenta and I was like already (laughs) what (laughs) and I really wanted it to be over and I know that is very common after giving birth but Steffi was there to she really helped remind me how sacred the placenta and the third stage is and I just wanted it to be complete and I did there was this feeling of wanting to rush wanting it to be finished she helped remind me not to rush it and did some beautiful drumming and singing and yeah I was really faint like I actually fainted I was that like what I remember walking back from the bathroom because we didn't cut the cord either I wanted to just didn't want to do it at hospital knowing that we were going to birth at home and I just wanted to keep it connected until we got home and we could do it together in you know a bit more peaceful environment Mm. um so Zephyr was following me around with Elio (laughs) in his arms (laughs) having his own skin to skin and the cord was still connected and the placenta was still inside me so he's just like waddling around (laughs) behind me but yeah, when I was walking from the toilet back to the bed, because we'd been in there while Steffi was drumming and it was quite beautiful, all the lights were dim or off. Um, yeah, I fainted and it was a really, it was quite a scary feeling because I remember being like, I feel funny and then I've never fainted in my life so I've also never experienced it before but in that moment it was really w- weird. I remember like waking up and I was on the ground everyone's faces around me and I was like oh shit Mm. um but yeah I got back on the bed I really needed help to get the placenta out as well because it felt stuck just like his head did it was strange I could feel it then it definitely wasn't connected to my uterus anymore it had come off come away but it was kind of just sitting there just outside of my inside of my vagina and I was pulling on the cord trying to get it out and I was just so I was getting really impatient I was like why (laughs) and um yeah Lisa my midwife helped me like kind of pull it a little bit and then I finished it off and it came out and I was like finally Mm. and that feeling was like the biggest release Mm. out of the whole thing I was like it's, it's that was the completion of it all and yeah it was a good moment it had been about an hour and 15 minutes since birth. And um, had Elio had a feed during that time? Yeah, Elio fed before, like in the golden hour. It's like yeah. pretty much... He was doing the breast crawl 
as soon as like he'd come out he was bobbing his head around straight away when he was laying on my chest so yeah he latched on with a little bit of help to get him in the right direction he just latched and drank from my breast and I watched videos and you know learned all about the happening but it was just a, such a magical moment because it was something I was really looking forward to and that moment happening like I know some babies don't manage to do it that quickly and things like that but he was just onto it and just felt really incredible with the instincts of mm. him and me and us just figuring everything out for the first time and he cried like <laughs> a lot Aww. off the boob and then as soon as I birthed him he was back on the boob again and I think he fed for like maybe half an hour or 40 <laughs> minutes each time he was just wow. going <laughs> crazy yeah we wanted to go home straight away so we just signed off all the things like all the pediatrician and everyone wanted to talk to us and advise us what they wanted us to do to stay and but I just signed all the forms and I knew everything was you know he was all good and healthy and he slept like the whole drive home and it's a good 50 minute drive from our house to the hospital we were at so it was really really such a bizarre experience being in the car with him just born our midwife drove our car while us me Zephyr and Elio were all in the back seat and mm. Steffi was in the front seat as well and we just we drove, all drove home how were you feeling on the drive home did you sleep or no I was just, buzzing yeah. it was weird I was very tired but I was just like whoa you know like what just happened Mm. but in a really inquisitive mindset like I was just remember asking questions straight away to Lisa about some things and Steffi and Zephyr fell asleep Zephyr and Elio were asleep <laughs> like out of it we're kind of running out of time so maybe wrap things up but I mm. do would you like to share just quickly a little bit about the first sort of six weeks or so of postpartum mm. and how what your recovery was like and how you nourished yourself in that time yeah so that's a like a massive question sorry in itself but yeah maybe we'll have you back another time yeah but yeah I just quickly I suppose I did have the support in place with the midwifery care that you get six weeks postpartum care and in that first week but I had like four days in a row home visits which was so it was just incredible to have that, to, to know that they were coming to my home and it was like a couple of hours at a time as well and just to feel really supported and to have any questions that you needed answered and yeah, for it to be the same midwife that I had throughout my pregnancy and birth and everything, it's just really important and it was really important to me. Um, yeah, so that really helped. Steffi came around a few times. You know, I, I really wanted to make um, everything, make the most of all the experiences of births, birth. So I wanted to say yes to lots of things, especially with Steffi's sacred birth work and had like a ceremonial bar in the pool that I would have birthed him at home as well, which was really healing. We all jumped in the pools, um, myself, Sephra and Elio, and with some beautiful um, Julie Bells bath herbs and had a bit of a ceremony 
that was really beautiful and we did a ceremony around my placenta and I actually ate my placenta and um, encapsulated a bit of it as well which was a, uh, an amazing experience something I never thought I would have done but after the birth yeah I ended up having you know my episiotomy took a while to heal and Zephyr really was my nurse for the first three weeks like I wasn't very mobile which was good as well because I wasn't pushing myself and I was able to rest and nourish myself with good food and just have the support around me and he was incredible. But at that six weeks mark, I had a closing of the bone ceremony as well with Steffi. Honoured my journey and everything that I'd experienced through pregnancy, the birth and then through the postpartum, early postpartum stages. It's meant to represent like holding your body, I don't know, together and being, closing that time off and like starting the new phase of your life as a mother and we did a little bit of internal work as well actually just to see how things were going and the healing. So I just wanted to do everything, just mm. make the most of, birth to me was always such an exciting moment I looked forward to a lot like other women would feel about their wedding day birth that was my thing mm. so I wanted to yeah celebrate and do all the things it was an incredible experience and I'm one of those weird no I don't think weird it's not the right word I'm one of those more unusual situations where you know a week later I was like oh, I could do that again like, mm. I wanted to give birth again like, and I still I thought, oh, maybe it was just the hormones, but still to this day, like, I look back and it was such a beautiful, fond experience. Uh, even though it went skewed and I had a hospital transfer, it was all so incredible and beautiful. Mm. And I could definitely do it again. And I'm excited to, to do it again. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing yeah. so beautifully. And honestly, it was, yeah, it's such an amazing story. And... Yeah, there's so much to be taken from that, you know, just around preparation and, and mindset and the way that how you feel about something kind of shapes your experience mm. of, of it being a positive experience. And Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Really it was my pleasure to share. I just, mm. yeah, I really, it is so important what you're saying and I always thought birth is um, a spiritual emergence, not a medical emergency. And that probably stemmed, was a start, the seed to how everything kind of played out. You don't have to, but if you'd like to say something about your new little kind of business or little venture yeah. that you've started, so maybe, maybe let people know if they want to follow you on social media, what, what yeah. sort of stuff you're offering The best there. place to follow me is on Instagram, and it's my name, joelle.constance. That's where I share quite vulnerably and... Yeah, show up quite often, uh, especially during all of these stages, but especially during my postpartum period. I've been quite present and real and raw about my experiences. And yeah, just because I'm a nutritionist as well, I really saw the and felt in my own flesh the importance. And I, kn I know this as a yeah, real deep intuition of mine about the healing power of food, but I really felt it through postpartum how important it is to be 
Yeah, replenished through um, nutrition to recover and just have the best kind of healing outcome as well as being able to bond with your baby. And yeah, I started a womb food project, which is postpartum specific delivery meal service where yeah, I put together a week's worth of meals that's all like targeted ingredients um, based off um, ancient healing like traditional meals and ingredients and things. So yeah, that's available to pre-order and book in advance for whenever you have any woman's due in there and, and will be there for them to receive for their postpartum time. It's such an amazing present for like I can for a baby blessing or mm. for someone a close friend or family yeah. member that's having a baby. It's a really good gift mm. for any expecting mother. Sometimes it's really hard for us as women or mothers to really kind of make the decision to do to buy things like that for ourselves, but it is really needed. Contact me through Instagram and yeah, if anyone's interested or yeah. has I'll a gift a, in mind. I'll put a link to your um, social media in the notes in the Cool. Well, thank, thank you, you so, so much, much. indeed. <laughs> <laughs> thank you.